Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I've got a really interesting guest, uh, Charlie Schrem who is essentially a folk hero in the Bitcoin world, and Anthony Diorio, the co-founder of Ethereum. And I'm going to be talking about the new venture that they're working on called Decentral.ca and perhaps uh, the Jack's Wallet. So if you would, can you guys give me a brief intro on the Decentral project and what it's about? Sure. So the project's actually called the Decentral Project. Uh, but the main thing that people know about us right now is, is a service we have called Jack's. JAX is a multi-platform, multi-currency digital wallet that enables people to own the keys to their digital world. It basically is a platform that allows the users to create keys and manage their own keys that tie into blockchain technology and thus enabling them to control every area of their digital life and basically taking it back from the hands of, of all these third parties that we're so used to having every piece of our life. So that's an intro of what we're trying to achieve, is to put people in control of their whole digital world. Yeah, I know and use Jack's wallet, and I know it has multiple currencies. Um, one thing I found is that when I tried to move money out of the wallet, though, I needed to have Ethereum to do it, and the wallet didn't instead charge me a network fee in Bitcoin. So is there a reason that you chose to use Ethereum instead of Bitcoin to move money out of the wallet? So I'm assuming you're talking about a um, – Anthony, you want me to take this one? Yeah, you could take it, Charlie. So the way that the Bitcoin network was built is when you have Bitcoin and you want to send Bitcoin uh, on the, the Bitcoin network, you can just use BTC as a mining fee, um, a transaction fee. Now, a few cents, maybe a dollar or two, depends. With Ethereum, Ether is gas. So you need gas to send – so if you have Ether, you can actually use Ether as the gas, as a small transaction fee. like. 50 cents or a dollar. However, I'm assuming that you were using one of these other tokens, like maybe Augur or Economy or something. One of those, to- those tokens are actually built on the Ethereum platform and you need a small balance of Ether in order to move those tokens. But we're actually working on a project to change that. Oh, now I understand. I must never have moved an Ether-based token like Augur before. All right, that clears it up. I appreciate it. Um, but as a user... I have to say, Jack's wallet's pretty easy to understand and has a clear interface. I like it a lot. Um, so tell me, what's happening with Jack's? Because I only understand it as a wallet. How is it evolving, and can you tell me more about it? Sure. Uh, so we've been developing Jack's for about uh, two years, one year of, of getting it getting it out there, and then we've had about a year of operations so far. And our goal is to really be the interface for blockchain technology. Just like the browser unleashed power of information between individuals and global information transfer. That's what we want to do with blockchain technology and with the, with the movement and the management of value. We're heading, I think, from the age of information more into the age of value and value movement on the same pipes that the, that the Internet uses in terms of the uh, sort that, that communication now uses on, on the Internet. So we want JAX to be that one-stop interface, that place where you can do everything in your digital world now that enables you to not just move information, but move communications, be able to have your identity under your control, 
ability to have your money always under your control. Every element of your life that can now be digitized and put onto a blockchain and you can have full control of without having these third parties that are generally in control of every aspect of your life, such as a bank that's always holding your money. What we want to do is we're putting people back into control or into control of their digital life where they hold their assets themselves. We provide the interface. They tie into the back ends of all the different blockchains. We don't never take custodianship or ever hold on to people's money. And that's the way that we want to do things. And that's what we're doing with, 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 uh, with Jackson, with the Decentral project. All right. So what are you seeing that customers want to do with the Jax platform? It sounds like they keep their own private keys, but what are some other important functions customers ask for? You want me to take that, Charlie? Or? Yeah, you can go for it. Okay, so what our customers are looking for is a single place where they can have all their digital assets or their digital life. We're offered on nine different platforms. So we're on you know, Android, iOS, tablet versions, we're on extension versions, desktop versions. A single place where they can manage not just one blockchain or just one currency like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Before this, you had to have really wallets for everything, and it wasn't a really good, unique experience or a similar experience for the masses to be able to have one place that they can go to. So what we're seeing is we're seeing people gravitating and wanting their projects to be inside of Jax. We currently support, I think, around 14 different projects and blockchains. And just like you had a browser, you wouldn't want to be going to different browsers to do things in order to see parts of the Internet. That's what we're putting in as a single interface where we plan on having many dozens and dozens and dozens of crypto coin, cryptocurrencies, where we're having partnerships, where we just announced 70 partnerships with some of the leading blockchain companies to get their applications inside of Jax. So they don't have to send value outside of the system in JAX and then get something back. Everything's going to be able to be done in, in one single place. Just like you have extensions inside of a Google browser, it kind of makes it very easy to interact with different pro- projects and different software because you've got everything in one place. So they're asking for more coins. They're asking for more integrations, way to buy, to buy via credit card and debit card to buy the assets that you want, ways to manage your own identity, ways to have secure messaging, all tied to a 12-word key that the user is in full control of. Those 12 words enable you to derive keys from any blockchain that will ever exist. And identity systems, messaging systems, our integration partners, we've really bundled it up into an experience just like a web browser, but this time for value management and value flow. I know that, for instance, you integrated Shapeshift with Jax, and that's useful and that's really cool. Um, but what in, in terms of the wallets the coin can hold, um, you know, I dream of a universal wallet, by the way. What's your goal? Well, Jax, you know, the, the issue the issue with wallets today is that, you know, it started out with Bitcoin, so you had a Bitcoin wallet, and then you had an Ethereum wallet. And then some people became novel, and Jax was one of the first ones, is that you have a wallet that has Bitcoin and both Ethereum. Um, there's very few of that. However, there's extremely limited amount of wallets that have more than two or three of coins and tokens, and we have like 14 or 15. So... What happens is is people end up leaving money at exchanges when they're when they're trading it because they don't know where to put it. Who wants to download apps and wallets for every token that they're buying and selling all the time? No one really wants to do that. So we're kind of giving people another option to be able to keep money um, off exchanges. But further than that, um, it's the first step in giving people back the control of their digital identity. Yeah, I know the pain. It's a nightmare, and there's no support, and you can't get your money off there fast. And over in China, I mean, money has been stuck for months, and it's a big problem. And I'm glad you guys are addressing it. Yeah, and also it's um, it's the, the exchanges like Poloniex. I mean, they're they're what a lot of people are using right now, and they are backed up. I think they must be because of the support. I mean, the larger you are, 
when these surges go up in the space right now, like we've been seeing, like we've been just hit really hard with new user growth and it's been taxing some of our backend systems that we're having to scale more and our support tickets are getting a little bit behind, but it's just because the industry is booming right now and everybody in the industry is feeling this right now. Uh, it's a good, bad kind of thing. You know, you need to make sure that you're that everything is, is flowing well, but then when something hits so hard and you end up doing 5x, you know, 10x one month, it's really difficult in taxing. You've got to scale and grow. So that's what a lot of the industry is facing right now as we see these prices climbing substantially. Um, but question, what, what happens if you have users that start to hold 100,000 or a million tokens of a particular coin on the JAX application? Are you going to offer a higher level of support? Is it dangerous to hold that much in a wallet? You know, do personalities of people in the industry crave decentralization so much that they don't hold that much crypto on your wallet? I like to say with people, if you have a life-changing amount of anything, put it into a hardware wallet. That's usually your best bet. And even a hardware yeah. wallet that has multiple hardware wallets or a multi-sig system, um, you know, think of Jax as a, as a good hot wallet. We're partnering close with, with Ledger and Tracer, two hardware wallets that we'll be integrating inside of Jax as well. So, but for now, I always recommend, please, yeah, hardware wallets are the best way to go. Um, you never know, you know, we've never had a case of lost user funds, and you never know they're just your phone. I mean, all the stuff coming out recently with, with the NSA and, and the the people feeling less and less safe and secure about the devices they have, you never know what can happen with your device. So make sure you've always backed up your 12-word key, keeping that in a safe place. And for larger amounts, we always do recommend putting it into a hardware wallet, such as a ledger or a treasure system. Exactly. Staffs should have however much money that you want to be able to have on you in case you want to buy something from someone or you're walking around and you want to show your friends and stuff like that. But you should never keep, if you're holding a long time, you should never hold hold too much of it on your phone. All right, so are you going to open up a capability where users can stake their proof-of-stake coins within the Jack system or run a masternode like Dash has in their QT wallet? It's a good question, actually. Um, and I don't know technically what that would require, um, but I'm definitely interested in... in uh, in looking into that further, especially when yeah. Ethereum moves to proof of stake. And we have some time before that happens. So I think we can kind of down the road dissect that. What, what, we're, what we're seeing right now is we want to have, like, we're in an infrastructure growth stage right now. We're not even really in a user or marketing uh, sales growth. We're looking to make sure that our system is elastic and be able to expand to, to be able to support the millions and millions of users we're anticipating in the upcoming many months. That's the stage we're in right now. So we're not too concerned with adding more specialty features with particular things right now. We will add a few more tokens and coins in the next little while. Then we have a roadmap for a ton more coming up. But really for us, it's about making sure that our infrastructure is sound, that we can scale and grow. Then we'll start looking at some specific features that we can do um, to to basically add on to to the services. But right now, infrastructure, uh, and right now, it's just the coins and the shapeshift that we support but the 70 partners, we're, we're getting that mapped out to ensure that uh, uh, we're going to be able to let people know when they can expect things to come into our wall. But we're looking long. I mean, we're, this, is, this is a long-term space for us. It's a long-term plan, and it's better for us to have make sure everything is sound, infrastructure is good, and as we're scaling. And how fast are you going to be adding new coins to the wall to grow it? We're kind of going through that right now, Charlie, right? We're kind of building out that, that, that roadmap, and, and I think uh, we've been talking to a lot of different companies, and I, I think that's about right, Charlie. We're trying to still determine that, I think, right now, right? I, yep. We have we have a, a long-term list of tokens and coins we support. We've added a lot recently. We have a few big ones that we're actually working on right now. We're working on adding some of the protocols that the coins are built on top of, so we have 
you know, we have the ability to add the Bitcoin clones like Litecoin. We have the ability to add all the Ethereum and, and all the ERC-20 tokens. So that's like Augur and all those other ones. Now we're working on the ability to add more coins and tokens. But like Anthony said, we kind of like, we want to make sure that we have the best experience for our users. So it's not only having good technology and having a fast wallet, having a fast and safe wallet. We want to make sure the customer support is good. We want to make sure that everything is good. So we have a lot, a lot of users. And right now we're really at that infrastructure stage where we're building kind of like the next version of our infrastructure because we want to scale to millions of users. In order to do that, we need to make sure that our systems can handle it. So we're kind of like holding back a little bit on going and doing this like aggressive marketing. You know, everyone loves our wallet, but I want to make sure that everything is ready for that massive influx of users. Because once we get that exponential growth, we'll be on that defensive. And I don't want to be on the defensive. I want to be on the offensive. I want to make sure we're always ahead of the curve and ahead of the issues. Yeah, nice and steady is what we want to do. It, it's just these recent last few months really hit us very hard with the uh, the price rises coming with the new users and people getting into it, and especially a lot of them are new users, so there's a lot more support coming for people that are trying to figure out how the systems work. And then it's our goal to make sure that the interface is intuitive enough to make sure people know what they're doing, but still in a very advanced technology space like we're in, it's very difficult to onboard people from the beginning, and they, they want to jump in so fast, they don't want to miss out, so they I got to get a wallet, and then they don't know what they're doing, and they have potential to lose or not do things properly. So um, it's been a little bit of a challenge now, but that is our focus, to make sure things are the user experience is great, make sure that people understand what they're doing inside of it, make sure that our customer support is ready to scale, and make sure that our infrastructure is all ready to go as well once we really start to take off. Then we can start internationalizing, putting more language support, and hitting more app stores. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the plan. That's down the road still. That's good, but you guys have a chance of growing too fast, getting a bad image, and lagging on customer support. And how hard is it to support all these tokens? I think you said 14 are supported. I mean, there's a lot of difficulty in working with all these token protocols when they update and making sure each token works right, right? There's a process. Uh, we try to make sure we have a, an internal rating system, how we figure out which tokens we're, and coins we're going to support um, this there's involvement from the projects, so we have to get in touch with the projects and we have to bring them, uh, you know, there's a certain criteria that we need from them. And we have it We have it down pretty well. We have an internal development roadmap for each coin and token that we add. We have a whole system and it works out pretty well. There's not much work needed from the other coin or token unless it's like a whole new protocol or platform that we're integrating like Waves or Omni or whatever. But um, we have it down pretty well. That's a, it's a good. We've got it good. We, we, we've got it yeah, good. But there yeah. are there's still there's still when you have like a single coin wallet. There's it's you know you can imagine the simplicity of a single coin. But when you're dealing with 14 different chains, and you do have issues when there's upgrades or there's new releases of the daemon that are put out. And since we're the only wallet for let's say Zcash, we're kind of working with them closely to test to make sure things are working. So with that many chains and have to be responsible for them all and and having to deal with the chains plus us plus shapeshift. People want stuff to work, but there is a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces that have to be thought about. If something goes down, it could be on many different areas, and we got to kind of figure out where the fail was there. It could be an issue potentially with one of our partners. It could be an issue with the daemon not being able to support the mempool kind of running out of, of spots because people are flooding. And there's so many things, and then if you multiply that times the 14 and eventually times the 50, what we're going to do, because we do all our own backends. I mean, we're, we're managing our own backends. We're not kind of tapping in services to do that. It's tricky. We're doing really well at it. It's getting better. Um, but yeah, it, it is complex, and it's it's much definitely much uh, more complex than a single coin wallet. 
Okay, let's talk about some of the other elements you want to bring in. You mentioned digital IDs, keeping your own identity. Um, what platforms do you integrate with, or what platforms allow users to do that, and what would this particular use case so look like? We're, I've always seen three key elements of what, what, I'm, what we're trying to do here. And I think if you put those three elements together, you've got a very powerful software that can be used with any other software, which can be used with any other project, which can be used with any type of blockchain. And those three things that, I've, that I think are, are the payments, the messaging, and the identification. If you can tie those in very, very seamlessly, as we've done with a 12-word key system, it really opens the door to create some very powerful things. So we've been investigating some partnerships with Civic. So Civic, an ID system that enables people to manage and control their own ID, is one of the areas that we're looking to, to put in as the JAX ID system for us. Um, and that's where we're going to be exploring with that team. Identity is a crucial element of what we're doing. Uh, it's going to enable us to 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 get um, to be able to like as we start gamifying our platform, we want to be able to uh, make sure people aren't gaming our system. So we 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 have a lot of incentives-based mechanisms that we're going to be rolling out in the future. And in order to do that, you got to ensure that people are identified with a, a unique Jax ID. It doesn't mean we need their personal information necessarily, but it does mean that we need to know who is, is there. And, and they, there might be some attestations to a Twitter account or Facebook if they want to be in our assist into our gamified system, which they don't have to. There will always be a Jax that you can use for the wallet features. But as we add more advanced features, we're going to have to ensure that once we're giving something away or something out of value, that we need to make sure people aren't running bots against it. And that's where the identity system really comes into play. All right, so you have the universal wallet, you have the digital ID component. Any other use cases that will be interesting to talk about? Right now, the identity system is being used every day. You've got your keys. You're identifying yourself as owning that wallet, and this means that you can sign transactions, which proves that you're the person that is that owns the money and the value that's in your wallet. That's an identity system. That's the basic thing of where people are using it right now is you have the keys, which means you're proving that you are in control of this, and it's your identity that's saying that you are able to sign these transactions. So it's just like, it's just like signing a message. You own this, you have it, and you're the one that can prove that, that you are you. You could use it for logging into a website. You could basically use your keys to scan a QR code that says, oh, that's the person that owns this key, and it logs into the website, and there's less friction because you're not having a username and a password. There's other ones as well. Uh, I've got a couple more. Charlie, do you have anyone you pop under? Or I'm going to keep going. Well, the, the the good thing the good thing about having a JAX ID is that there's two kind of like reasons that you do KYC. So there's compliance when it comes to like regulatory bodies um, for exchanges. That's not really what we're doing here. Um, what we're what we're trying to do is create a community of real people, not trolls or shills. And to be able to have different, I don't want to get into too much about what we're actually doing. That's why I'm kind of being a little coy here. I don't want to give too much away. But what what we're doing is the to 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 build a community and reward people for being a part of that community. And we need to make sure it's not uh, someone can't uh, run a civil attack or try to to break our system. All right. So we got the uh, universal wallet. I'll call it. We have the uh, the ID component. Um, what what are the other components that you're going to be bringing to the system that would be interesting to talk about? So the third one I always like to say is the messaging side of things. It's, it's being able to oh, yeah. own your information and be able to transfer that information to someone else while you're still in control and other people can't see it. We're very privacy and liberty focused, both Charlie and I, and the whole project is. We want to give people more freedom. We want people to be to have a, to have liberty. I mean, we want we think that people should be in control of their information 
It's all ones and zeros, whether it be speech, whether it be your money, whether it be your identity. It's now everything's ones and zeros. And I think we're going to see a time when it's, people are going to look back and say, really, government's tried to control the flow of information outside of their borders? That's like trying yeah. to control speech. Really, there was a time when you tried to control me saying something to someone outside of, outside of my country. You tried to block that because it had value. And now, and, and then you tried to do it with, with, with money. You tried to keep it within, within these, these boundaries or these borders. I think it's going to be a ridiculous notion. I say there's a ridiculous notion now, but it's going to be a ridiculous notion much more down the road. So that's where our focus is, and communication is a big element of that. We want people to be able to encrypt and be able to have secure communications between, between each other. And that, again, ties into our 12-word key. The 12-word key enables you to derive PGP keys as well uh, from that key. So there you've got now the identity, you have the payment system, you have the, the messaging, as well a few other things that we're going to be tying in there, which we're not going to be announcing now. But those are really key elements that, that become a very powerful software that becomes that new browser where... The, 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 the regular browser is good. It lets you show information. But you can't really monetize that. Or there's not, it's not really value movement through it. We provide the keys, the interface, the back end to the chains, all while not holding on anything for our users. It enables the flow of value. And we integrate partners in top of there. This is going to be the Coinbase, the BitPays that we've already signed up. Other wallets as well that want to be inside of Jax to tap into our system. And we found that we have amazing synergies with some of these companies. For example, BitPay. People can pay an invoice are going to be able to pay an invoice inside of JAX, a BitPay invoice, with any currency they want that we support. We can then flip it via Shapeshift into Bitcoin and pay out BitPay in Bitcoin because that's all that they really want. So we're seeing all yep. the synergies between different companies by coming inside of JAX, and we're going to provide that universal experience that is really going to enable people to control their own value, control their own identity, control their own life. So as you guys get bigger and more well-known and become ubiquitous, do you worry that various governments will try to apply pressure to you? And are you going to move in a direction like Coinbase where you end up closely aligning with big institutions and even governments in order to survive and re resist attacks? I would say the, the way our whole infrastructure is built is what really all we're doing is displaying information in a really nice way and providing command line, uh, um, doing things instead of doing things on a command line you're able to do things in a nice graphic user interface. When you create a JAX wallet and when you create eventually, you know, when you create this 12-word seed, right now it's a wallet feature, but we're able to do like messaging and all these things with that seed. You're creating that seed on your computer, on your device, on your phone. That's, that seed is actually stored encrypted on your phone. We don't have access to that. All, everything that you do within the wallet and within the, the, the future platform that we're launching, everything you do is signed and and be able to, 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 to move value and information using those keys. We have, we have no physical involvement in that process. We're just displaying that information to you. You are actually doing everything. It's all being done on the client, by the client, not by us internally. Yeah. We don't know. We don't, for example, we don't have your balances. We don't have your addresses. We don't have your messages. We don't even know what tokens you have. We have no idea. Everything you do is derived from that seed, and it's your seed, not us. And it's, it's, we never take custodianship of customer funds, uh, which means we're not regulated. We don't hold on to people's money. We're not holding on to their identity. We're not holding on to anything. We then, when they want to facilitate and do things that do require KYC AML, that's all done through our partners. So we can, you know, have Coinbase account access inside of JAX that Coinbase is running and operating that's linking the two things, the customer with the keys, Coinbase with their accounts and be able to facilitate the exchange. We're not holding anything. 
And that's why we can't be regulated. We are just, we're not holding on anything to be regulated. So this is another, I mean, great thing about what we've done is that we don't want to be regulated. I don't want to go through that hassle. We'll pass that off to our third-party partners to take care of that stuff. We'll just provide this great user experience and this great interface and be able to, to grow globally without having to worry about, well, what's the rules in this country? Well, what's the rules in that particular country? And having to have all your compliance things and everything because we don't hold on to anything. And if you don't hold on to anything, you can't be regulated. You know what? I think that's a good philosophy. And I know there's certain things you may not want to say, but listeners want to know. So what's on the roadmap for the rest of 2017 and the first half of 2018? Sure. Major announcements. We're just getting started here. JAX is a phase of a multi-phase stage. Uh, you know, I, I got in the space in 2012. Charlie got in before me. He had been instant, first company, very successful, well-known um, I started in 2012, invested early. I think we got in, in like the same time probably even. Well, I got in middle half of 2012. I'm pretty sure you were already around by then and doing your stuff. So I think you were a bit, you were, oh, you yeah. were a bit before me Good there. Time. But I ended up developing a lot of these scene in, in Canada and, and in Toronto here, starting the Toronto Bitcoin meetup group, starting a national nonprofit. You know, Charlie and I were both uh, spearheading national nonprofits, actually his international. But we kind of went through the same flow. I'm an entrepreneur. Realize that the wallet space was really that key that where the value movement's going to be. It's really that browser for the internet. I mean, before the browser, what were people doing on the internet? So that really unlocked it for the masses. What we develop is things for the masses. I want this technology to go out to my dad, which it does, and he uses our services. But I want the experiences to get out to people who don't necessarily understand the power of this technology or haven't been able to because mm-hmm. user experiences aren't there. So we started developing wallets. Took some time off to found Ethereum, get that rolling, realize that we're in a multi-token, multi-currency space, and that's where my wallet should be directing to, because that's going to be really the key for everybody. And there's going to be multi-chains, there's going to be thousands of these things down the road. And we wanted to really be that, that hub and that center that brings all of these connections together. So Jack's launching a year ago is like another phase of that, 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 that what we've been doing. But in the future, the Decentral project is really the entire plan to bring this all together, to have a common space for the entire blockchain ecosystem to have an interface to connect their value to the rest of the world, to have an experience, everything with, with one in one location so you're not having to go to different sites, different wallets, different places to do the things you need. It's also going to be a great onboarding tool for the masses. I think that's sorely lacking in the blockchain space is where do you tell people to go when you want them to learn about the entire ecosystem? There's nowhere. There's really nowhere. And there needs to be a space. And it needs to be fun to learn. You need to be leveling up. You need to be moving and gaining knowledge. Then you need to be setting up a wallet, knowing how things are working first to then enter the ecosystem. So that's a key element of what we're proposing, along with two other hardware pieces that will be. Uh, one we've already announced, the Jax Ice Cube, which is a cold storage device, similar to a Ledger or a Tracer, but a little bit different. And then the next is another hardware piece, which will really be our flagship uh, product for Jax or for, for the Decentral project. Very, very cool. Okay. Um, any last items that uh, you wanted to bring up that we haven't covered as we come to a close? I think we're, we covered a lot. Yeah, I just it's it's it, the space is going to be, my opinion, still more important than the internet. We saw the pipelines of communication being developed for the internet, and now you can move value through those same pipelines. And I think people are going to see the same change, and they're going to start realizing the value that this is. And over the next you know decade or more, you're going to start seeing other people go, "Oh, that's what blockchain is. That's why this technology is here. It's enabling us to take control of our lives." Get rid of a lot of non-value-added third-party services and third-party people that really don't add much value between humans connecting and allow more peer-to-peer connection, lower costs, better experiences, more choice, more freedom, more liberty. All right. Very, very cool. All right. So, Charlie and Anthony, thank you so much for coming. I've got two real heavy hitters 
in the uh, crypto industry. And thanks so much. It's been a great interview. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.